Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, now. Tune in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch a grill yoga knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back. You in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about a double. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, how you may It ain't safe, it ain't safe, motherfucker. motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. Man, it's been a heck of a ride for the show. As you guys can see, we got a new studio. Let me lean out of the way so you can see the backdrop. Um, I just kind of want to show off this one side. There's three sides. It's pretty dope. Shout out to my guy, Brian, um, Brandon Shop. Thank you for the connection. He did a phenomenal job building this out. Super happy, super pumped, and more like motivated to want to record. Um, now that I'm in more of a, an official spot, if that makes sense. You know, I did enjoy recording, but now I have a lot more, um, what, what would you call it? Uh, this is more exciting. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. And it's not too far from where I live. <laughs> so um shout out Brian. If you guys need the connection, hit me up. Uh if you could find your best way to get in touch with me. Um sometimes I I go through my DMs not too often, but sometimes I do go through there and when it's not a jungle and people aren't attacking me, calling me clown actors and stuff like that. It's not as bad as it was before, I will say that and admit that. Um but if you do have a request for him to come out and build your own studio for you, he could do it in the warehouse. He could do it at your house. Wherever you want him to do it, he'll build it out. So um, he would actually rather prefer to do that than what he actually does for his day job, at least what he's told me. So um, really cool dude, super down to earth, really nice guy. And he did this in like two days. So thank you, man. The lights are interchangeable with the colors and whatnot. So everything is all good. Super happy and excited to start the year the right way. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Can you tell I'm excited? Um, first things I want to uh, address. Shout out Boost Mobile. Thank you guys for sponsoring the show. I want to say if you guys want some merch, some Funkmaster merch, and still give me your tears. AljamainSterling.com, baby. Go check that out. We got some new stuff coming in in the works. Um, some rash guards and some stuff like that. Some jerseys. Um, took a page out of Sean O'Malley's book and it's not really taking a page out of his book it's finding someone who can actually do some of the stuff that he has on his store and I think Sean does a great job of just finding people that can put his stuff together so I'm finally connecting the pieces connecting the dots and I got somebody who was able to produce that for me and I actually like the quality of the gear and I'm excited to wear it I've been wearing it the goal was to troll all the fighters in the top 10 excuse me the goal was to troll all the fighters in the top five and wear a different jersey representing a different place and or rocking a different set of the merch to kind of promote it without actually promoting it, more of an organic thing. You just say, yeah, today I'm getting ready for Sean. Yeah, today I'm getting ready for Cheeto. Today I'm getting ready for San Hagen. Today I'm getting ready for Jan, the trilogy. Today I'm getting ready for um, Triple Zero. You know, so... Um, 
that was like the idea behind all of that and it was fun for a bit um but then i had to ask people to take pictures for me and that's when it got weird so i don't really like bothering people to take pictures for me um jake wasn't in town so maybe we will f- finish the remainder of the callouts in that way we'll see and uh, go from there um outside of that i want to address matt brown matt brown pretty accomplished in the ufc had a lot of wins um one would think that his fight iq would be a little bit higher than how he's been kind of um talking lately man he was one of the good ones for me and for him to say that he thinks Henry Ceuta would beat me easily and also beat Sean O'Malley easily. When I think about easily, I think about someone putting their hand on someone's head and then they're swinging and you can't do anything and I could drink a soda or I could eat some food or I could have a full-blown conversation while this guy is swinging and can't do a thing to me. So I, I felt that was a little bit disrespectful in the, in the sense of what I've accomplished to say he thinks he easily wins. I'm like, based on what? Based on a flyweight coming up to 135, you see the size disadvantage he has? You see how long he's been out? If there's if there's more ways for me to win, more reasons for me to win, I, I think they're more on my side. I got the length. I got the size. I got the grappling where Henry's supposedly the strongest, right? But I can grapple with the best of them. If not, I'll grapple him. In all facets of grappling, not just standing up and wrestling and getting a takedown and then doing nothing with it. Guys, if you're going to wrestle, you got to wrestle efficiently. You can't just wrestle to go out there, take people down, lay on them, and do absolutely nothing. You got to watch out for elbows. You got to watch out for submissions, punches, guys grabbing your throat from the bottom. And it might sound a little freaky deaky right now, but grabbing your throat from the bottom, making it uncomfortable for you to breathe, frames, elbows in your throat, elbows in your eyeball. What are we t- what are we talking about, guys? Come on. Matt. Matt Brown. Come on, man. Don't do me like that. You're supposed to be the immortal. Me. You're sounding very mortal right now. And I, I I don't like the sound of this. It's not not the nice way for things to go. Um, give a prediction, but don't I, I think you gotta be fair in your prediction. You can't go and say he easily beats me. And even picking up for Sean, Sean's length is gonna be a very big problem for Henry Sayudo. Let's say Sayudo does beat me. It's not easily, I'll tell you that. It's going to be a hard fight. That I can promise you. I have yet to find some fight somebody where they made me have to sit down and bite down on my mouthpiece and have to go after them other than Piotr Jan in the first fight. And guys, I was exhausted in that fight, like extremely tired. And I think I put up a decent fight, meaning I kept coming forward. So what I'm saying is if it got to a point like that where I'm not going to be tired, where I just felt outgunned and I still got the pop. Oh, come on, man. That fight, it's going to be a good fight. And I'm just trying to paint the picture for you guys. You got People can say whatever they want. If you go back and look at some of my other fights, outside of, if you are just now tuning in to me, go back and look at some of my other fights, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Don't use the Jan fight as a blueprint and a formula for how Aljamain Sterling strikes. <laughs> There's a lot more fights where you can look at my strike and go, okay, I can see what he's talking about where he can actually sit down on some of his punches and get a, a little bit more pop on his punches and not just hit with some pillow punches. Okay, you could say the, the, the fight with Yonder were pillow punches, but there was a reason why he was still protecting his face because those pillow punches still did some damage, right? 
I mean, come on. Um, it, it's just got to make it make sense. You can't just say one thing and then kind of ignore the other side of it, right? So, again, Matt Brown, let's just say you are right, and he does beat me. Not easily, but he does beat me. He goes, fights Sean. Sean's a very tall dude. He's about 5'11". We've seen the striking pedigree that he has, his footwork. Henry's going to have a very tough time dealing with him as well. So, to, again, to say easily, I think that's a very far stretch for you to say that. It only takes one lift of a knee, and O'Malley's shin knee cap is on Henry Sayudo's jaw. <laughs> if I lift my knee, my knee cap is on Henry Sayudo's jaw. And I'm not saying I'm going to go out looking for flying knees the whole time. I still got to connect. But I can throw a knee to the body. He takes me down. I get back up. I attack the body again with front kicks, crosses, jabs, feints, teeps. Dude, I have more ways to win this fight. Yeah, Henry needs a puncher's chance. He needs to sit down. He needs to block one of those shots and come over the top with something or come down the middle with something or hopefully try to chop my legs down with kicks. And hopefully that's enough for him to slow me down so that I can't pursue what I'm trying to do, which is walking him down. And I'm guaranteeing you guys. Oh, my goodness. I don't know why people think this fight's going to be so, like, um, like it's, it, it's two different styles of grappling. I'm going to give you the perfect example. Here's Marab. Here's Aljamain Sterling. Marab will take you down 20-plus times in a fight and exhaust you to the point where you don't even want to stand up anymore. I only need to take you down one time and the round is over. So, essentially, I could take you down five times in a fight and you could be rendered helpless the entire time with the threat of submissions or the threat of ground and pound if you let me get to a dominant position. Because I'm not going to sit there and just chill. Unless you're Piotrion. I, I like to just hold Piotrion's back and just just tell him about my day. Oh, Piotr. Let me tell you about my day. Stay nice and close to me. You know? So what I'm getting at is it's, it's a different style. And I think Henry Cejudo falls. He says that Marab would be a problem. Well, he would be a very big problem for Marab. I'm like, yeah, if you're talking about just a straight-up wrestling match, bro. But Marab is a dog. Like, Henry Cejudo, your control on top is not this top-level elite thing. Unless you developed it over the last two and a half years. Maybe you have. But I guarantee you're coming in. Your, your fists aren't going to be bigger than some of the bantamweights we fight. You know what I mean? You're, like, what real advantages do you have other than just saying you are an Olympic champion and two-division champion? Um, and to discredit my wins against TJ, when you fought TJ coming down to 125, <sighs> first time him making it ever, him needing to do all that extra shit just to even make the weight. Um, you fought a skeleton. I mean, anyone who fought TJ Dillashaw that day at 125 could have pushed him over and made him look like a child and look like a, a world beater. You made it look easy because it was easy, brother. But I'm not going to discredit your win the same way you're trying to discredit my win against TJ, saying, oh, you beat a handicapped guy. Guy, I would rather fight someone who's healthy and strong at the weight class than someone who's cutting down massive amounts of weight to try to get to a weight class they've never competed in before. Lower. They look like they're on their deathbed. Yeah, although they made it, you could tell they were super compromised. They might as well had both shoulders falling out the socket. Where in my fight, at least the guy was having good sparring sessions. 
Guys, he was at least having good sparring sessions where he was winning out of the out of the the wolf's mouth, the sheep's mouth, the goat, whatever you want to call him, the goat. Ma, TJ, they, some people are still saying he's one of the best. Okay, whatever. If you say so. He's one of the best. Not, I want to say he's the best. To me, that's still Dominic Cruz. But the guy is still healthy. He's having great sparring sessions, and he's beating these guys who have two good shoulders. So don't discredit my win. You know what I mean? Do whatever you want. Like, I don't care how, like, it's not my job to check and give these guys a full-on physical before they step in the fight. They do that. We all do that. And the guy gets through the physical, he gets through the training camp, he gets through the sparring, and he fights, and he has success. He, as he said, he had success, and he thought he could legitimately win, even with the grappling deficiency of um, the shoulder going to be an issue. That's on him. I can't tell him, hey, man, you're fighting a grappler, but you, hey, just in case he doesn't grapple you, you got a puncher's chance to, to knock this guy out the same way you did some other opponents, as you claim. It don't work like that. You can't have it both ways. You can't in one breath be, oh, I'm the GOAT because I beat these guys and knock these guys out with blown-out shoulders and then come back, and then when you lose with the blown-out shoulders, it's now a crutch. It can't be a, something to prop yourself on the back with and then be a crutch all in the same breath. You can't do that. That's not fair, and that's not, that's not right to your, your um, opponents. And this is why I do not discredit Henry Ciudo's win over TJ, but I do have to look and go, let me check out the calibers of opponents that he has faced. Yeah, he fought TJ Dillashaw, but if I'm analyzing this fight, I'm going, okay, I can't really put too much stock in that because the guy he fought wasn't the guy that we've known and loved from his fighting styles. And that's just being an honest assessor of the situation. That's it. I'm not taking anything else away from him, but I will have to bear that in mind when I'm going out there and I'm analyzing these fights and I'm breaking them down. Because, again... I still feel like Sayudo's best days, his best win is Mighty Mouse in the rematch. That's his best win. And even in that win, a lot of people don't think he won. But guess what? He got the nod. So I'm not going to take that away from him. Okay, you know what I mean? So that's just the way I am. Some people are just weird in that sense. It's like you you, you want to be a hater so bad. And I think Henry and some of the jokes he's making, it's like if this was back in high school and we were making these jokes, it would be hilarious. Even now, like, I I still could, like, smile at him. Like, okay. But at the end of the day, I feel like all the jokes he has made so far has all been racial jokes outside of the Denzel Aljamain Washington or something like that. Uh, that's the only one that has seemed to have not been racial. And I'm like, the evil Kermit Aljamain on my shoulder is like, go back to the high school vicious Aljo and just decimate this guy racially. And I'm like, but that, that I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to start a race war. I think that's beneath me at this point. And uh, I would have thought that would have been beneath him as well. Um, like, even for shits and giggles. Like, if I legitimately came to the press conference and smacked Henry Cejudo with a burrito, how crazy would that be? And then I talk some shit out there and say a couple of racial slurs. It's going to be like, or some stereotypes. Let me not even say slurs, some stereotypes. I, yeah, it might go viral. It will go viral, actually. But I also look like a complete cunt in the process. You know? So, um, it, it's just one of those things. It's, it's one of those lines I'm kind of like, I, I don't know if I'm really trying to cross that line, but it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to stop Henry's fun. If that's the only way he can stay relevant, it is what it is. Um, and I can make fun of myself. Like, again, like, 
I, I chuckled a bit. It was like, oh, Hennessy. Okay, okay, I guess he just assumes and thinks, oh, black people just like Hennessy. Um, and I will say there's a good amount of my friends that love Hennessy. Um, I actually don't even drink the shit no more because I, I think it's kind of trash. I, I will drink it at an event if my my friends or people, I drink rum, I drink tequila. Those are typically my, my drinks of choice. And sometimes I'll drink some bourbon or whiskey with my fiance. Um, but it is what it is. That's, that's really where things are at. And I know you guys are probably wondering if we're going to fight or not. The fight's supposed to be myself and Henry Cito. That's I think that's all said and done. It's whether or not I could compete with this torn bicep again, going through another training camp with a torn bicep against a guy who can, who's stronger in the wrestling department, who will use his wrestling more with inside leg trips, double legs, high crotches, and trying to run the pipe into these lifts. Where TJ probably, you know, he just shoots and does these trips. It's a little bit different. This is more of a style where I can see myself jacking up underhooks, pressing him against the cage. I'm going to need this bicep to compete at 100%. And I don't take Henry Cejudo lightly, even though I did lay out all the ways that I could win and do that for 25 minutes. I got to make sure I'm in shape. And it's hard to get in shape when I have this thing compromising me the entire time. Yes, I can run. Yes, I can do sprints. Those are all cool, but I need to make sure I have the grappling endurance to go 25 minutes. With the guy like Henry, he's smaller, so his condition is going to be a little bit better because he's not going to be cutting as much weight as I'm going to be cutting. So I'm already compromised coming in. Yeah, oh, you just go up a weight class. Guys, it's not that easy. The guys that are at 45 are cutting down almost the same amount of weight as I am. So I leave one problem to go up to 145 and deal with a different kind of problem. Size. Weight. When I fight, I only weigh about 151 to 152 pounds, sometimes 53. Um, but that's not very heavy in comparison to what I walk around at. This morning, I was 64 and a half. I was happy with that. My weight's coming down a little bit, but that's because I grappled. But again, it's it's hurting me. So it was like I'm healing, then I'm getting messed up again. And I'm like trying to see where I'm at to see, is it realistic for me to fight in March? And I don't think it really is. So that's the scoop on that. If you guys want to be mad at me, it is what it is. I've had fans mad at me nonstop for 13 months. It is what it is. It's, it's kind of water off the dove's back. I, I can't push myself to do something that I can't physically do. I fought twice in a calendar year. And again, I fought both those fights compromised with a torn bicep, a partially torn bicep tendon, guys. And I got through those fights. And people give me shit. You can say whatever you want. Oh, this guy is healthy. You barely fought TJ. He was one arm. You did barely did anything. I'm like, guys, it's the fight before the fight. And again, we're fighters. We all go in there compromise. But what I'm trying to get not have happen is go through an entire training camp or almost an entire training camp, waste four to six weeks, maybe seven. Maybe I pull out the, the week of the fight. Who wants to see that? Why am I going to risk that again for the third time? Where now, if I completely snap it, I have to get surgery. So it's like when I weigh out my pros and cons, I'm like, it's a very tough decision to make. Yeah, I could train like less intense, but then the guy who shows up on fight night, maybe he's a little bit unprepared for a guy who's been wrestling for two and a half years, and now he has the physical advantages because he's fresh. Yeah, he has he might have a little rust, but he'll be, he's gonna be fresh. 
His body's going to be physically feeling good, doing all the stuff that God knows what. He was out of the testing pool. Who knows what he was doing to his body? He had some shoulder injuries as well and things that he was dealing with. Ask him. And look at him. Full, happy. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back to Columbia or wherever and got some stem cells and maybe got some other things. I'm not saying he does PEDs, but I'm saying as he was retired, out of the testing pool, there's a lot of question marks. And from what I have understand is when people do stuff, and I'm not saying, oh, Henry's cheating. What I'm saying is he enjoyed his time off while I was competing. I was in the trenches with all these other guys and these tough matchups and these tough training camps. Five-round training camps are extremely difficult, guys. If you've ever done a training camp, you understand where I'm coming from. And again, with a partially torn bicep, it's it's painful going through those sessions day after day. And I'm the type of guy who I'll do six, seven, eight grappling rounds straight, back to back to back, no rounds off. So going through those camps in pain, stopping a couple seconds to kind of massage the arm out, make sure it's warm enough that it gets through, making sure I turn my body out of certain positions that are hurting the arm. I don't want to do that again. And it's it's unfortunate because I've been trying to get this fixed. I had stem cells two different times and nothing has been working so far. Um, and to just take off a month completely and just heal, maybe that's something I need to do and do absolutely nothing but legs. That's not fun. And just, I mean, but I'm at that point where something's got to give, you know? So unfortunate events, man. Uh, pretty shitty, but this is the way things are right now. Um, in other news, Matt Brown, you're tripping. I don't know what you're smoking, but I need some of that shit. So pass that over here, my man, because that was some outlandish shit. Like, if you see me do what I did to these guys, partially torn bicep, um, in pain when I cut weight, it's. Uh, I think you got to give me a little bit more credit than that, Matt. Come on, Matty. Um, where are we at right now? Uh, we got Jake Paul to the PFL. Excited for this. And congrats to Jake, man. I'm looking forward to this. He's committed. He said that he would fight Diaz in a boxing fight, and then he would do a, a PFL fight with, with Nate. I like that. I'm here for it. And I like what he's doing with the pay-per-view as well. I think I saw something saying about 50%. He would like to share that with the fighters. I think that's very noble of him, uh, for lack of better words. Because um, I agree, man. I've always said, like, a pay-per-view event, it's not a pay-per-view event without the entire main card. Yeah, there's some filler fights in there sometimes. Usually just one. Sometimes two. If it's like a McGregor card, usually McGregor headlines the card and everyone's pretty much paying just to see him. But some of the other pay-per-view, people are paying to see the main card. Usually the main card. So it's like when you have a collective group of people who are making this card this nice shiny object I feel like they should get a, even if it's like a dollar or even 50 cents to a dollar I think it helps out man I don't I don't think it's asking for much but I think it helps out you know I think it would be a cool thing for everyone on the main card to get a piece of the pay-per-view pie I, I think it just gives you more incentive to to be excited to like yeah I can't wait to get on this card because when I get I get pay-per-view points, even if it's on the lower scale than when you're the champion, it goes up. Um, I think you get more excitement. I think you get more fights because now people are looking at fight cards a little bit differently. It's not just, oh, I'm on the main card. No, no, I'm on a pay-per-view card now. 
I want to be on a pay-per-view event. People are fighting for those slots. How do you get on those slots? You got to be more exciting. You got to go out there and get finishes because the UFC wants to put those cards together and get those finishers on those cards. And if you don't do well, huh, well, somebody else gets to come in because, of course, that's, that's how the game goes. So it is what it is, right? So give us an incentive to want to go out there and, and fight a little bit harder and, and be a little bit more crazy because they want those pay-per-view points, you know? And I think I think a lot of people would agree with that. So um, shout out to Jake Paul, man. He's he's doing some some good stuff. I still want to see him fight somebody his own weight. He fought Anderson Silva. That was a competitive fight, but again, he fought him and passed his prime. Jake Paul is doing all the right things in all the right timing. I, I how can you knock it? The guy's doing what he needs to do. He's winning fights and he's going out there. He's picking the right names getting himself some good exposure and at the same time building some experience and developing his craft little by little. And I do think um, he is a legitimate fighter now. This brings me to Dylan Dennis. <laughs> what are you doing, bro? I used to like this guy in terms of like I thought he had a lot of potential. And maybe he still does. But the guy, he seems like he's out of shape. Doesn't seem like he's training very often. And... He keeps getting us excited, emotionally charged, and then taking the rug right from underneath our feet. That's disrespectful. Dylan Dennis, you need to go out there and scrap, bro. Or go out there into a jiu-jitsu tournament and scrap, bro. Do something that can get the fans behind you in a legitimate way. Like, right now, we're almost... I. Who was... Who, so there was somebody who made this analogy. There's people who are supporters and then people who are tuning in just to make fun of you kind of thing. Um, they didn't use those exact words. There's like supporters, and then it's the clown show. Uh, it actually might have been Andrew Tate talking about Logan Paul. Um, wow. Yeah, I think it might have actually been that. But what he was saying is like people are tuning in to watch. And I'm not saying this is true about Logan Paul. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, that sentiment from Tate. Um, but I think with Dalen Dennis, you could say that arguably and go... People are tuning in and listening to Dylan Dennis because they want to make fun of him and hear what ridiculous thing he's saying now. They're not tuning in to Dylan Dennis to buy stuff. Yeah, you're getting the views and the ratings, but if you were to go out and go sell something, are people tuning in to and actually supporting you? Are those numbers converting? I don't think so. I think the clown show and Dylan Dennis is just about up. People keep talking about him and commenting. I think... It's good for him that he's still in the talks, but no one's taking him serious and no one's going to support with the monetary value of Dylan Dennis until he actually goes out there and competes. He puts his name on paper, gets people to charge up again, and he pulls out. Dude, if you weren't good, don't... You see what I'm doing? I, I'm not accepting to sign a fight just to pull out of the fight because that's just... It's disingenuous. It's disingenuous. I'm not going to do that. So, Dylan, get your shit together, man. Get in shape, bro. We know you can fight and you can compete. The fans want to see it. The world want to see it. And I don't mean to come at you in a disrespectful way. Um, this is by no forms or means of me disrespecting you, dude. It's how I truly feel. And if I saw you and we actually had a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I would ask you, like, dude, what are you doing? Are you going to compete? And this is me doing the same exact thing here. What are you doing? Are you going to compete or not? Because if you're not, then, dude, stop with the shenanigans and the charades. Because it's just kind of like... I want to know if I should really be paying attention to you or not. Like, yeah, you have fought. 
You're still in your prime, but you're wasting your best years, dude. You're wasting your best years. Go out there and go make some money. Whether it's in a spectacle of a boxing fight with KSI. Um, I still don't even know who KSI is. I I know he's friends with Logan. I I, I don't get it. I don't get what he does. Um, I don't know. Is he a YouTuber? I really don't know. Guys, I'm not trying to be facetious here. Um, so if you want to explain this to me in the comments, what he actually does, I really don't know. Um, again, I just know he's friends with Logan Paul and maybe Jake, maybe. So um, this is where I'm at. This is where the fight game is going. It's, it's a weird time right now. It's a very weird space. Logan, please go out there. Do a training camp. Fight. Compete. I actually think you have high-level grappling, and I would like to see your grappling for MMA on display once again. So go out there, man. Put on a show, dude. We This... Uh, and then the, the the weird thing that was with Ariel not shaking his hand and then doing a whole interview. I don't, I didn't even watch. I couldn't watch the whole thing because I was just like, what is going on? It's like being combative in a weird space. I felt awkward. I'm like, is this the definition of cringe when something is like awkward and uncomfortable? Because people say cringe for anything. You can make a bad joke and people can say that's cringe. Cringe to me was kind of like, ooh, that was bad. Like, it, it's like, um... But people say cringe for anything. You know, I, me in the battle of the cringe, people are always going to keep saying cringe and never use it in the right context. Um, but I, it was just, that was like, there was a lot of weird, awkward moments where Ariel's calling him a liar to his face and he's calling Ariel a liar. And I'm like, this is so, this is cringe. This whole thing is cringe. Like, what are you guys doing right up here? This is just like, I had to turn it off and watch something else. But, yeah, please, Dylan, Dennis, come on. What are we doing? All right. Thank you guys for always tuning in. If you like my shit, subscribe to my shit. Or spinning back this, baby. Boom. Can't see me. Can't see me. Can't see me. All right. Thank you, guys. See you later. Peace.